looking at adventures and chilling out. John bailed on us last minute. Which, Again. You know. That's just that's just the way John is. He's unreliable. That old old unreliable, as we call him. Old unreliable. Unreliable, unfaithful, a fair weather friend. Like that's. He's a filthy casual. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is John, the Dwarven DM, and I am joined by my host and uh, partner in crime, Troy Sandlin. Excuse me, Master Troy Sandlin. Uh, say hi. Howdy, howdy, ho! Lolly ho is all you're going to get in response. That's okay. That. Lolly ho. Well. I'm not, like, that was super dandy, and that's fine. It's super dandy. You know? Well, you know, I... I... I feel as if the uh, the half-ass yodeling hellos may have no, <laughs> may have ran its course. Sorry, I'm wondering if this is gonna. Be, I was wondering if this is gonna be like an actual long-term shtick. I'm like, when is it going to peter out? Is this the episode? Well, Dear you God, know, please let it be so. I was really shocked and surprised. Like Skillshare does not have yodeling classes. I, right? I know. I was gonna. I was gonna. Mm. You know, do a yodeling class, or, or like, you know, how to yodel riff. Mm-hmm. Yodel riff. A yodel off. Yeah, yodel off. <laughs> Can you imagine how epic that would have been? Again, that's two, another like, two master yodelers just <laughs> going a, crazy. I, I'm. I'm getting. You know the that intensity. would com- <laughs> that would completely change those scenes from Eight Mile. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh wow! Yeah. But it's yeah. all like in it's like in the Alps. It's all up in Germany, yeah, and Austria, in the, in the mean streets of the area. Alps, the mean, the mean, uh, the mean fields, the mean fjords, the mean mean fjords. <laughs> well, that's a little bit further. So, well, I mean, I, but that's fine. it's all. Surely there are fjords. I'm sure they yodel there too. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, it's called uh, culning, is what yeah. it's called. Whenever they call the the uh, the shepherds, will call the the uh, the cattle and the sheep. Uh, in in the evening, it's called culning. It's actually beautiful, believe it or not. It's, re- it's like haunting. Of what the well, do something to the doobly do for culning. We'll do some research. We'll see if Skillshare is on that on top of that. Yep, we'll see. Uh, so today we have um, we still have a we have a solid block of news here. Uh, I've got two for myself, and uh, Master Troy has three, and we don't have any from Zach. He is slacking hard today obviously you've uh, for those of you who have already noticed at home uh zach is not with us uh in this uh this segment but he will be and he and i will swap places in the next segment uh i will skip and then he will jump back in so uh, but i don't have any news items from him uh it's just uh just you and me so we got five total and uh if you're up for it five uh troy i will let you pick one of which of your three you would like to uh, to tackle first all right I think we will do, let's see. All right, I know which one I'm going to save for last, and that's the one that I have the most information on. Mm-hmm. So I think first out of the gate, we're going to start off with a new Kickstarter from our friends over at EN World, Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris. Mm-hmm. He has got another, what they call, quick starter, 
Uh, they've been doing quite a few of these. They put up a, a, product, a project, and it's a very short time frame. This one has 20 days to go as of this recording. And it is Spells of the Ages, Arch Magic for D&D 5th Edition. Uh, rules for upcasting a range of 5th edition, edition spells, along with nearly 40 new spells and a new wizard school, hmm. Echomancy. Uh, interesting. So what is Echomancy? Echomancy is, is, is nature magic. So it's kind of like the wizard wizarding version of a druid. Kind of like probably oh. what Gandalf would be compared to... Or Radagast? Or Radagast. I, I always kind of pictured Radagast as a, druid. as a solid that would, druid. That and maybe maybe Gandalf was more of a, an echomancer kind of thing. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, 38 brand new spells for a variety of classes across the board. Every spell casting, every spell casting class gets a couple new spells. Um, even like, you know, even the ones that just dip their toe in. You can, mm-hmm. you can get a hold of some stuff. 38 new spells. Uh, mostly themed around nature healing and music okay yeah and uh and also in there for the for the uh the ranger maybe is in there yep a little bit of, a little bit a little bit of ranger love in there mm, i see that yeah and rules on how to how you can upcast 19 of the common of common spells from the core rules oh yeah like for an, for an example web okay. what happens when you upcast web and they have a little tease in the in the Kickstarter, and basically what they're saying is, when you cast web, it's not creating the webbing out of nothing; it's opening up a doorway to something different, mm, some domain, and pulling the webbing through. And apparently, there's you know giant wolf spiders that live in this domain or something, and you can, if you upcast web, you can summon these wolf spiders. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm looking at the the list of the upcasting. Of spells that can be upcast. There's some really interesting ones that I would not mm-hmm. have thought about immediately, like floating disc, detect magic. I wonder what they upcast on detect magic. I know, be. right? Maybe like your like the. I think detect magic is within a sixty foot radius, and you can't see through walls. Maybe it's like you can see through walls, or maybe it, it penetrates it or... the spe- like penetrates walls, or it extends beyond the the limits of the the range. Maybe. Yeah, that's Could interesting. Be. Jump. Knock, those are some of the mage armor. I'm really curious as to what mage armor. Yeah, does. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah cool. and uh, the people over there, Ian World, always do solid stuff. I really haven't been disappointed. I mean, the artwork. There's a, there's a range of you know quality to the artwork. It, it's nothing is horrible. It's all solid work. The easy to read. They know fifth edition rule set pretty decently. So yeah, it's always it's always decent stuff. Uh, you might not use the whole book, but I'm sure there's going to be something in here that you'll find that you're going to like, that you're going to sprinkle in your campaign. And this is UK based. Yeah, I didn't know he was oh. UK based. Oh yeah, and oh. it's a 27 page book, and it's already done. Okay, so this is almost like publicity for it, really more than anything yeah. else. And getting, yeah, uh, and getting the printing, the hype train going. Yeah, yeah, and once once the uh, Kickstarter ends. If you've backed it, you're gonna get your PDF, like That's right awesome. away. Yeah. That's nice. So, right on. It's good stuff, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, I've seen, I've like my personally, I've kind of had, I've seen a mixed bag out of uh, in world stuff. There's some good stuff that's out there for sure. And I, I like, I really, really, I think out of everything that you've mentioned to me thus far, I'm super intrigued by upcasting spells. Even if like for, from a homebrew perspective mm-hmm. or like house rule kind of thing, like some things that you get to push the, the, the boundaries of some of these spells. Pretty neat. It's unseen servant. Featherfall? Like, really? Featherfall? Maybe an adding another person to the Featherfall? Or... But it already does it, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I, my, my knowledge score just went down. Arcane Lock? Maybe to increase the difficulty of the lock? I don't know. Anyway, that's cool, though. I I, I think that's the, if nothing else, that, that sells me on it, uh, for sure. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Vanai, let's, let me take a crack at one. Uh, this one is... It it kind of goes back to the Neverland book that Zach uh, mentioned months ago, or several podcasts ago, uh, where people are starting to dip into that older material and trying to bring it into using the 5e mechanic to take old books and old stories. And one of those that's like, you know, the one movie does not do it justice with how deep and rich the story of Frank Baum's The Land of Oz. Yeah. Like the, the, the Wizard of Oz is only like is scratching the surface of how much stuff, how many books uh, were written and how deep, how much lore there is for The Wizard of Oz. And so uh, there's a new Kickstarter setting or, or for a 5e Adventures in Oz. It, it is a setting and there it's actually two books. There's the campaign setting, and then there are uh, the beasts and beings, essentially like a monster manual uh, for it also. Uh, it's really, really interesting. They've got um, new classes. They actually have new classes, not just new subclasses. Yeah. Um, the Tinker is one of the, is one of the new, new classes they've got. But then they've also got subclass paths like Barbarian Enforcers, Bard College of Merriment. One that I am fascinated to look at is the Druidic Circle of the Rainbow. Yes. Which is thematically perfect. Makes total sense. Thematically is like bang, chef's kiss, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, fighters can become Imperial Wardens or take the Paladin Oath of Emeralds. That's kind of cool, right? Like I'm not like a super Ozophile myself, but some of the stuff the some of the stuff in here is pretty is neat. Definitely like one shot, maybe two shot or uh, or more worthy. Um oh, the yeah. races that you that they've uh, they've included are You've got the winged monkeys, munchkins, uh, quadlings, winkles, which are different varying like gnome slash halfling dwarf short folk. Um, and then human gilkins are, are also in there as well. They've also got, they added constructs in here. So if you want to be the Tin Man or the Scarecrow, then you could be that. Uh, if you wanted to be, literally, there is they show how you can be a sofa with wings and a stuffed dragon head planted on the front. That is a construct that you can actually become. And that you can actually, that's a character concept that you can work off of. I see that ending up being like centaurs. You know, centaurs don't like people to ride them. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, you cannot nap on me. Exactly, right? Um, but they've also got things like, um, they have a pantheon. I didn't even know that Oz had a pantheon. No idea. Yeah, I didn't either, but it was like, when I saw, as far as the classes go, that you could be a witch. I thought there was only four. The the four witches, witches? Of the, yeah. The fo- well, there. I mean, surely, like, yeah. North, south, east, the west. witches of like the the directions, right, of north, yeah. south, east, west. But 
I guess I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm like I'm not. My cred does not run nearly deep enough in uh, the Wizard of Oz, or Oz lore to to say what, whether that's legit or not. Uh, they I will say this that I'm sure that they've taken liberties, obviously, in order to okay. flesh this out. But from what at least what they're saying on paper in the Kickstarter is they've did a like a serious deep dive into the lore, read every single book. And they've grabbed something from every single book. Every every part, every book is honored, and they've tried to um, try to stick to it as, as close as they can. But at the same time, there are some things that just don't translate very well that they had to kind of take some artistic license and liberties on. So I don't know how. Like for those of you out there, if any, that are super super into the the original books that uh, Frank Baum wrote, uh, you let us know. You tell me. Uh, you'll know better than I do. I. I mentioned this earlier to John. I don't know. I mean, it looks fantastic. The art's really cool, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, everybody loves the Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of Oz. I know I was, you know, scared to death of those flying monkeys when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you, you sit there and think, I would never put this in in one of my games. I don't want any winkies or anything in my game. And then I keep looking at it. And it's like you keep your winky out of my game. You keep your winky away from me. <laughs> I will not tell you again. <laughs> but I keep looking at it. I'm like, oh man, I kind of, I kind of want to, I kind of want to, I kind of want to buy. It. And I think I just sold myself on it. I'm telling you, man. Because as I'm looking through the races, one that just got unlocked, gnomes mm-hmm. with no with, G, with no G, a Gless gnome. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm picturing, you know, I. I what is that? It's a gnome. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I'm a gnome. That's mm-hmm. what I just said. No, you didn't. You called me a gnome. I'm a gnome. And well, you know what? Think about this. If this is five E compatible. So if there's a tornado or twister in any of your campaigns, you can get swept off off to Oz. And actually, they have in here. They explain like the other methods and mm-hmm. ways that you could get like that are at least canonical, right? How you could get pulled into into an adventure in Oz temporarily, right? You get the red ruby slippers, and then boop, you're back. Uh-oh, this is Troy looks really excited. What is it, Troy? This is like the Feywild counterpart oh. to Ravenloft. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good idea. That's cool. I'm buying it. Damn it. I like that. Okay, so let's some of the monsters that are in here. Balloonfish. Like, some of the names for these are just crazy. Bunny Burians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, Growlywogs, Goozle Goblins. Oh my God, I need to see what a Goozle Goblin looks like. I don't know if I want to see what a Goozle Goblin is. (laughs) Giant Squirrels, uh, Canucks. Isn't that what, like, the little, the Chicken Hawk used to call, uh, or that's a Schnook. Never mind. A a Schnook is what he used to call Foghorn Leghorn. I was going to say, because aren't Canucks Canadians? There's Canucks, for sure, yes. We know some Canucks. Good Canucks. Good Canucks. One of the best. <laughs> one of the finest Canucks. Good. The ones good that we can good Canucking out. That's right. Good, good, good Canucking out, right? Fairy beavers. Man, like I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's. I will say this: to buy both books is an investment. Both books are gonna end up running yep. you about like ninety bucks. Yep. Uh, and that's one. It's just gonna be fifty. But, I mean. I don't know, man. Like, I'm, 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 the more that I read about it, even even right now, I've, I did like a lot of research on this before we started the show up. Um, and I'm, I'm like, the, the, they have the pre-written stat blocks and backgrounds for some of the most 
uh, recognizable characters in the books. Obviously, you got your your big four, your Dorothy, Toto, uh, well, Dor- Dorothy, Scarecrow, Cowardly Lion, and the Tin Woodsman, right? Mm-hmm. Then you also got Glinda, the Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch of the West. Um, let's see, TikTok. I know TikTok and Jack uh, Pumpkinhead from the books, from whenever I read when I was a kid. Uh, Ozana, the Frogman. And on and on and on. So there's like all those are all like fleshed out if you want to have those as NPCs that, that pop in. Now listen, this is the thing about this whole Kickstarter that to me is the smartest thing they could do. They've got playtest packets included in it. Mm-hmm. The, the playtest packet has everything that you need to craft your own adventure, and it has a mo- it has an adventure already built out, pre-generated characters, some of the basics of the mechanics that may not be included in the 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 SRD or the other open gaming license ready stuff. Uh, and it's free. The playtest packet is. And I think it's like 45 to 50 pages long. Um, you could run this and you could you know, try before you buy if you really, really wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I know I, I could go on and on, but uh, I, I clicked submit and I went ahead and got it. So I'm put, that's on the list. Uh, you're looking at March of next year before mm-hmm. any of this gets fulfilled. So that's kind of a bummer. You got to wait that long. But I mean, it's pretty cool, and like Troy said, the artwork is it's really is cool, top notch. It is, and it's them, it, thematically, um, it's it right in line with and, what you would expect. I mean, right here, it, it look like the the monsters. Yeah, Wogglebugs, Woozies, and Zoops. Come on, right, right on. That's like you you had me at wo- Woozies and Zooks. Yeah, Woozies and Zoops, man. It kind of sounds like a, a strange British dish doesn't it i'll, I'll take uh, two bangers and mash and a woozies in a zoop <laughs> better not burn uh, my zoop uh they are their pledge goal was 40 40 grand and they have hit 74 and they've got 22 days to go so good on them they'll probably at least break 100 is what it looks like they're kind of projecting at this point if i were yeah. to guess hazard a guess uh so yeah still got some steam well, that's mine. What else you got? Oh man, I'm still I'm still looking at these uh, these names. It almost the, the list of monsters that, that that are in this book reminds me of that scene from Joe Dirt when he's talking oh, about the fireworks. Husker do's, Husker, Husker don'ts. <laughs> yeah, myth kids, gnomes, orcs, parabruns, pinkies, pokes, poppins, racks, rose people, scoodlers, sea pigs, <laughs> geezers, purple spiders, totems, whimsies, winged monkeys. Wogglebugs, woozy, zoops, and more. <laughs> Did you say scoodlers? Uh, you know scoodlers. what? Let me tell you something. The the bestiary in this thing is worth the price of admission. I, I'm submitting totally right worth, now. I, I this just, is what yeah. this is like. One of those things where like I don't give a crap if I ever use it or fit. Like I could bury it for all I care. I need to know what like three of these things are uh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they got like field <laughs> mice in here. A minimum of 30 out of the 100 I need to see. Yes. Yep. 500 pages, by the way, between the two books, 500 plus pages. Uh, I mean, full uh, color. honestly, for, for 100 bucks, that's... This is, a, this is, like, really good to play with your kids. To run for kids, at a, you know. Well, well, yeah, definitely that. But, you know... You you turn the, the the dial just a bit, mm. and this is a full on creepy, scary adult campaign. 
well, if it's any, if, if it's any indication of like how I felt whenever I was a kid, for sure. Cause I watched that when I was young and just remember being absolutely terrified of the wicked witch and the, the freaking flying monkeys. They yep. were the worst, the worst. I remember getting super upset whenever, when, when all, when everyone started falling asleep in the field of poppies, mm-hmm. getting like, I remember as a kid, remember it like crying, like, no, no, don't fall asleep. And like being super invested in the, like, don't, she's going to get you. Cause of course, like, then you see her kind of like visage, Above yeah. them. <laughs> oh my God. It was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst. But I will say this too. All of that trauma melted away as soon as I watched the Mr. Rogers episode where the actress that played the Wicked Witch was on without her makeup on. Mm-hmm. Oh man. She's like a total sweetheart in that. Of course, yeah. like everybody in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood is a sweetheart. Like they're the best people in the universe. But yeah. 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 All right. Enough of that. Carry on as you were. <laughs> Enough of this. Enough of this. All right. So, going back to John killing off all of his player characters. Mm-hmm. Architects of the Deep, Kingdom of Death. Mm. This idea, th- this is brilliant. And, and it is from uh, Dren Produ- Productions Games. What do you do when you have a TPK? This. This little mini campaign setting. You pull this out and you put the characters through a campaign to get back to the land of the living. That's cool. Yeah. I I saw this. I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. And it's a dungeon crawl campaign. The, the, the afterlife is a dungeon and you're basically coming up through hell. I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, you have to, if you want to come back from the dead, you've got to crawl through hell, regardless mm-hmm. of what deities or whatever that you might be worshiping but you see you get to meet some historical and mythological people beings from our own history and our own mythologies like uh, achilles uh the seven deadly sins they're they've been personified they've got new monsters aside from those things there's new magic items and whatnot but i'm like this is just this is a great idea because everybody, you know, DMs all over the place are always worried, man, what happens if my if my mm-hmm. characters all die? The game doesn't have to stop. You can always pull this thing out and let them, let them try to fight their way back and have them go through Dante's Inferno and Paradise Lost and all that kind of stuff to get back to the, to the prime material plane and start back I mean, to... I mean, Elminster had to do it, didn't he? Elminster in Hell, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean... Like, why not you? Well, uh, I think I said it once before. Maybe not on this show. Maybe it was on mm-hmm. a different show. But reading Thor comic books as a kid, every once in a while something would happen and Hela would grab one of the Warriors 3 and, and pull them down into into Hell or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or there was somebody down there that Thor needed to talk to or or whatever, and he would have to fight his way through the, the realm of, of hell and face his sister and try to convince her to let him talk to whoever or bring back somebody that she had snagged or something like that. And it, it gives you that kind of, that feel. And I, I, I dig it. It's a 125-page yeah. full color. It's going to be a soft cover book, normal size. And it's going to... It's set to uh, the the PDF is set to release in September. 
So they're pretty so, much done with it at this point then, if that's yeah. the case. Maybe maybe a couple tweaks here and there, or <clears throat> maybe trying to buy some art or get some art taken care of. Get yeah, some a little, little bit extra, looks, little extra layout here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've got some cool-looking dice that you can put in here or add on to your pledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, some resin and some metal. And they're pretty decent-looking dice from D- uh, Dice Dungeon. But yeah, uh, you can. Yeah, I like you, the uh, I like the enamel dice. Those uh, the the. Uh, oh yeah, the red, the red, and, the red and like a charcoal gray. Yeah, that's that's cool. I like and that. and and Dren also does. They have Architects of the Deep cards, where you get a deck of cards, and it's got portions of map on it on both sides. Mm-hmm. And you you can deal yourself a dungeon, and they the way they're designed. It's really actually pretty cool. They they line up depending on you know where you're putting them, and they all kind of line up. And you can randomly create dungeons, caves, you know, all that kind of stuff with these these decks. You can you can add those on. They've got a, a book of monsters that you can add on. A deck of monsters that goes with the book. Digital PDF, a book of notices like you would see on a job board or a wanted you know, like a wanted mm-hmm. poster type thing to help kick off little side quests and things like that. So it. Not only is the, you know, fighting your way back through from being dead sound kind of cool. They've got a lot of extras that you can snag and help add to your to your game. Yeah, I like the idea of it being like plug and play. Yeah. My, my player, my character's died. Or TPK. All right, well then, burp. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't have to think about it. Like, this is this is the, how I start it and run run it through its course. Then it's done, one and done, boom! Everybody's back alive, yay, yay beans! Mm-hmm. And then you can uh, you can continue. It's a lot better than the way that I do it, where I have my player, my characters, uh, play Twister, Battleship, and Robot Football against Death to see if they come back. So, you Melvin Death! Oh, <laughs> they Melvin'd me. They they Melvin'd me. <laughs> They Melvin'd me. Oh my god, so good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to reference it. I had, had to reference. Had to reference. Have, uh, like nice. an undersung, undersung movie. I love. Nice, I nice, nice reach back. I like thank that. You, thank you. Yep, yep, yep. All right, right on. Well, I, I like that one. Uh, so okay, in the same. It's, I love how this dovetailed. Yeah, like, I told thank you. you, Troy. Like you, like a wind up and boom. All right, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so, okay, so, uh, full disclosure, uh. With this game, okay, I'll just go ahead and I'll say it. Kickstarter for Deliverance, the game of spiritual warfare. Good and evil clash in this epic tactical adventure about angels, demons, and the saints caught between. So this is not an RPG. This is actually a tabletop board game uh, that is being uh, that has been developed. They've got the rules for it. They've actually got like a, a tabletop sim uh, that you can, you can do the, the tabletop simulator. You can play it on that. Uh, this is, it looks to me like maybe a, um, like a Christian media company put this together. Uh, but you know, a lot of the times, like, like as, as a Christian, right, I roll my eyes at at 95% of the stuff that Christian media puts out because it's either hokey, silly, um, cheesy, or, or just poor quality. Uh, and I, so whenever I had a friend of mine uh, send this to me uh, to take a look at, because uh, he was interested in it, want to get my my take on it. Uh, I don't have a lot to complain about in this. It's essentially Christian fantasy. It's not supposed to be meant to be like canonical, biblical 
stuff. It's you know kind of like a, a fantasized version of like the Battle for Souls and stuff like that. So, uh, but I think that they're supposed they they actually include and in some incorporate into some of the cards and into some of the the rules and things like that. Like here's the in, the biblical reference where this thing was uh, the inspiration for this thing came from. Uh, let's say that you don't know anything about christianity or anything like that this thing looks really good and i do like the idea of the like they've got um effectively one of the things i like is a it's co-op and i'm a, I'm a big fan of a co-op game not only is it co-op it is also a solo dolo game you can run this game as a single player uh all while you're lonesome and uh start to finish right they even have a campaign mode where you can it's it turns a little bit more RPG-ish. The basic premise is you have you select from I think it's currently eight different angels that you can uh, that you're essentially waging war against demons and bad guys from uh, Luf- Lucifer's army, right? Or the the princes, the dark princes, I think is what they're referred to as. Um, and so it's you versus them, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to save souls and save like the, I think that the the saints are being oppressed is what they're referred to as um but uh the the mechanics are relatively simple they've got a lot of a lot of options in regards to tiers of um like how much you want to invest in in the game you got the the game itself is like 40 or 50 bucks if you want to get uh miniatures included in it in it then it's a little bit more if you want to have those like professionally painted then they'll include that too um like normally i would roll my eyes and and like and pass this up but honestly i had to say something because i'm if if they're going to put out media it needs to be at this for pete's sake man christians were right like mozart and beethoven handles messiah for pete's sake when it comes to like music and things like these like are these classical masterpieces and now we get like hokum a lot of the time so this is it's good to see this and honestly this is something that i can get behind uh play with the kids and uh, you know, it's cool. I, I I like it. It's uh, I'm I'm, I'm I think I'm actually gonna I'm probably gonna end up uh, investing in it uh, myself. Very cool. What yeah, do you, it, do you it does look, it does look pretty good. The minis are really solid looking. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, regardless of what your your views are, mm-hmm. if if the game is good, the game is good. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, take that how how however you will. A lot of lot of pieces to the game. They've got mm-hmm. like a, they do have miniatures that you can you can uh, you can get, and it, it's mostly the the angels. But then they've got like cardboard standees for like the, the monsters and stuff that you fight. Lots of cards, tokens, discs, little little dice, little chits and boards, and and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it's very much along the lines of what modern board games look like. So it's not like they're trying to force some cheesy or capitalize on or capitalize on something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's to, it to me like whoever the, the the team that put this together, they believe in the product that they're that they're putting together, and the production of how this was, like the the amount of uh, the time and the probably the money that they're investing in art pieces and in the design elements of this thing. This is not just some like get it out there really quick and capitalize on, you know, evangelical, you know, salivating it, like anybody that'll pay attention to the kind of stuff, right? This is like, uh, 
um, they really care about the product that they're putting out there. You can, you can yeah, tell well, yeah, at the very least, if, if from a quality perspective, they're trying to put out a quality product and they're presenting it in a way that is not, um, that is not, I don't know what the word, that's, that's insincere. Mm-hmm. It's not insincere. It seems, it seems very sincere the way that they're putting it out there. So, yeah, yeah. the artwork is, it is, it is nice. It is very nice. Yeah. And again, they've got the rule book is out there. So if you want to do a deep dive into it and they've got, they have different reviews where they've already sent out prototype uh, boxes to different companies. Meet me at the table, um, one stop coin op, uh, co- uh, co-op shop, a lot of these other tabletop board game uh, uh, reviewers have already taken a look at them and they like them. So if you want to see the game before you buy the game to see if it's if it's what I'm saying makes sense or if if it lines up right or not, uh, you could do that. They've they've obviously before they went to market, they had a they let other people look at this, review it, and give feedback on it. So, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it wasn't just let's throw it, let's throw a quick game together and mm-hmm. and call it Christian. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, right. Yeah. So good for them. Good for them, I say. And oh my goodness, the painted miniatures. Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like some of this, if nothing else, just for like, there's some really cool stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Whatever your whatever your view on the 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 religion or the the faith aspect of it, right? This this is a this is a solid product. Yeah, and they're exactly. sitting at like what is it like two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars? Yeah, not bad of their thirty nine thousand goal with fifteen days left to go as of this recording. Solid. So it shows it shows they've put. They've put effort. They've put love of gaming in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, again, it is not, like you said, it's not a fly by night. It's not a, just a cash grab mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of a thing. It looks like it was a sincere attempt to make a fun fantasy game with Christian sensibilities and, and mm-hmm. themes. So call it a theme if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, call, I mean, it, again, it, it, if it's a good game, it's a good game. And it's a, and again, I like a co-op. It's one to four players. It's you versus the system, mm-hmm. and everybody can come together. And either you win or you lose together. But right. it's not pitting one person against the other person. There's no betrayer. There's no, you know, spy or anything like that. Like you'd have with things like Shadows Over Camelot and some of the other uh, other games. Or like uh, I know that they did that with Pandemic, where you could be like the eco terrorist or the bio terrorist. I think was one of the things too. Mm. It's very. It's like it, right in line with. The sensibilities you would expect out of it are what you see here. So, yeah, and and it's not shoehorned in. I like that. I like it. I think yeah. it was, it's pretty cool. Right on. That those are my two. You've got one more. I know that you're very excited about Troy. One more. Uh, yes. t- tell the people what you got. All right. TSR is rising from the ashes. <gasps> the original makers of Dungeons and Dragons, like a phoenix, has Ooh. returned. Well, and it's got Ernest Gary Gig- Gary Gygax Jr., Justin Lanasa, I hope I said that right, hmm. and Stefan or Steven Dinehart, and Larry Elmore. I saw yes. his artwork. Oh, and it's, it feels it feels it like Larry's feels artwork, like, man. Yes, so oh much gosh. so they've got a they've got a game coming out. It was kickstarted a while back, and they're doing a. a a wide release as their first setting and rule system, and it's called Giant Lands. 
It is a sci-fi RPG. Just from the cover art, it's giving me a you know a post-apocalyptic kind of magic mm-hmm. with ray guns kind of thing, like a Gamma World almost maybe. Mm. Yeah, is how it was feeling. And they're also releasing Tales and Tots, an RPG for kids, mm. and. I just found this out today, and this has me really excited. They're bringing back Star Frontiers. Yes. Oh. Dralocytes. Yazarians. Oh, the Sathar. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little giddy. I'm a little That's giddy awesome. about it. I mean, I don't know how much more. They, they really haven't released a whole, mu- whole lot more about it, about what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... TSR, ever since selling off to Wizards of the Coast, they did have a, a little resurgence around 2009, I want to mm. say. 2009, 2013, something like that. I didn't notice it. I didn't hear about it. It wasn't talked about a whole lot. Yeah. They tried to produce a a magazine called Gygax, and I think that kind of hit some snags with Gary's widow. So that I don't know what all came of that, but now you know one of his sons is involved. Larry Elmore is back in it. Oh, and I forgot to mention James Ward's helping out as well. Ooh. Oh, that's a coup! <laughs> yeah, that's, a coup. that's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the they've they're, they're going back and getting the, some of the people from the TSR days. To mm-hmm. come in and start designing. Now, what does that mean? Are they going to be stuck in 1980, 1990 game design sensibilities? Or or have they been, you know, keeping their skills polished and mm-hmm. current? I don't know. but Or is that what the people want? Or is that what the, the people, people want? people want the old school feel? Who knows? Man? Well, uh, maybe I, old school renaissance. I, I'm thinking that the Giant Lands is an old school, is an OSR mm-hmm. style game. But again, you know. That's pretty popular right now. Yeah, I love on their TSR.games is their website. I love the band is back together. The band is back together. That's right, Joe. Uh, they own the name, but Wizards owns the IP. So yes. they'll need to revisit the content. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Giant Lands is a, a, apparently is like 100% their own idea really? and system. So is Tots, uh, Tales and Tots. So I don't know what they're going to do. As far as Star Frontiers, if it's going to be similar to the old rule system, if it's going to be a brand new rule set, if it's going to be using their Giant Lands system, I don't know. Haven't found heard anything about that yet. I don't care. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Even even if it ends up sitting right next to the the Star Frontiers boxes that I've got that I've never gotten to play because nobody would play it with me when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to buy play. it. Okay. If you run it, I'll play, man. You? Oh yeah. yeah. That sounds I, like a. That needs to be like a, maybe a, an origins thing, maybe. Well, it depends on when it comes it, out. Hide in the back. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know when it's gonna come. Out. But yeah, that's true. Okay, Joe's in too. Joe's gonna play with us. He never got <gasps> we're to play. Forming our own band. We're gonna. Yeah, we're, we got our own band. That's right, baby. Which, which sucks though, because I don't want to run it. Because I want to play. I've always, I always wanted to play. I've always wanted to play a Yazarian. Oh. A Yazarian is basically a flying monkey, a flying space mm-hmm. monkey. They had like the the big flaps of skin, and they would they could jump off things and, and glide. And, yep. 
yeah, I don't know. They reminded me of. Uh, did you ever watch when you were a kid the Pirates of Dark Water? Cartoon? Yes, yes. The monk monkey birds. The monkey birds. Yeah, only yeah. Yazarians were silly. so much cooler. Yeah, not like com- not comedy relief, and not not the not the the, the lilting Daisy for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that was the thing. You know, I'm stoked. That is awesome mm. that TSR is, is coming back in, in some capacity. I hope they do well. I'm really, really curious about the Giant Lands thing. Really excited for the Star Frontiers. I am beyond excited that Larry Elmore has firmly attached himself to this. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's doing stuff with the Giant Lands. He already said he's doing stuff for the Star Frontiers. So and yeah, he, he that that man is a national treasure. So Amen. And not just here, here. And notice I didn't say that artist, that man. He is a national treasure. He's an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome person. So, uh, he is probably the most gracious person that I've ever interacted with at a, at a, con- at a convention. Yeah. And, and I've, I've met a lot of like, of actors and creators and authors and stuff like that. And they're all wonderful. Like, I've had a lot of really wonderful interactions, but. Larry Elmore is a friggin' sweetheart, man. He's yeah. just so kind, and he will. You could sit at his booth all day long, and he will not stop talking, in the best kind of way. He'll tell every story. Oh, yeah. He will answer every question. He'll sign everything. I had there was. I remember there was a guy that came up with some of the old, like either like cards, maybe mm-hmm. the old AD and D collectible cards or something like that, and he signed. He had to have signed at least fifty of him. For the guy, every single card, every one, until his hand had to have been cramping, and he, like, just the biggest smile on his face. Just the guy, the guy's just yeah, he's Larry, a teddy bear. Larry's the type of guy that you're gonna walk up to him and ask for his autograph, and by the time you leave, he may have asked you for yours. Oh man, yeah, I that mean, does. He's just he's just a cool guy, right? He's uh, a cool guy. I'm excited about this. This is cool. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah. I'm very curious to see where it goes, uh, and I I can't wait to see what they produce. Honestly, and like and Star Frontiers, yeah, let's make that happen. Let's make it happen. The Sathar Wars live on. Oh, <laughs> are you Dragon Lance nerding out on me, man? No, maybe. Stop okay, it. It's fine. I'll I'll leave it at that. You Dragon Lance nerding? I am always. But, All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up for our news. Yeah, I think it does. I don't. I don't have anything else. We uh, once again we have gilded the lily. Uh, with with our news segment, um, and it's left me <coughs> a little parched. Might need to go and uh, grab a drink uh, before we move on to our main topic. What say you? I think that sounds like a great idea. Awesome. You might need to mm-hmm. run to the store. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to. You know what? Uh, don't wait up for me. Don't wait up. <laughs> All right, uh, we will be back. And we're back. And we've lost John again. That's right. Yes. <clears throat> well, you can see uh, you can see where his priorities lie. Yeah. With his family. <laughs> On Father's Day, no less. Yeah, right. I mean, again. <sighs> what are we going to do? Filthy casual. Yep. Well, hey. So we we're going to throw out our initial idea. Yep. And That's we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna call the audible 
here in the moment, zero prep. You and I are going to talk about... Wait, 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 wait. Do we actually prep for these? Uh, we'll, uh, sometimes, yes. But this time I'm admitting that we didn't prep, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No prep. Zero prep on this. Zero prep, yep. Uh, so what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, and this may be really short, but I thought it might be interesting to talk about what published adventures from Watsi. It's not third-party content. Has to be fifth edition. What third? What Watsi published adventures we like? Yeah, it could be real short. It could be real short. I think that the parameters are that you have to like the majority of it. You don't have to like the whole thing. Okay. You don't have to have ran it, but you have to have done more than read the back cover. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we can do this. Okay. Shall, shall we like start just in order and like just say I I think that on the spot we should pick each pick our top three and do like a, a like we're gonna name the definitive ranking top three and then I will keep track of our top three and if we have one that it falls on both lists it can be declared the greatest Watsi adventure of all time okay okay that sound good Sure. Okay. Okay. Let's start with number threes. And and this is in a panic zero prep. So a number three <laughs> is probably something you're going to... is probably... Uh, don't pick your favorite one uh, right, yeah, in a no, panic. Nope. Okay. Now, are, are you picking only hardcovers? Are you allowing box nope. sets and things like I'm, that? I'm, anything that anything that WotC has, has released. That's an adventure. That's an adventure. Right. Okay. I'm down with that. Great. And it can't be AL. It has to be Right. It has to be okay. it has to be Watsy period, not Okay. Great. All right. Well, if you're ready, uh tell me man. number 3. Tell me what you got. See, number 3, I'm I'm uh... <laughs> Number Okay, number 3, I'm tied. Okay. Curse of Strahd. Okay. Tied with Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, okay. Now tell me why. Yeah. Tomb of Annihilation I I liked just because of the the scope of it, the pressure of the death curse that was behind it. I thought that yep. was really cool. The mm -hmm. meat the meat grinder mode. Mm -hmm. The weird uh like Ross Nisi, the 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 crawling ziggurat, all that stuff. It just had this I mean, everything else has always been on that, you know, pseudo-European kind of flavor. This is a jungle adventure in a in a foreign land type thing. Mm -hmm. it, to me, it really had that, if ran correctly, because, I mean, to run it straight out of the book is kind of meh. But mm -hmm. if you really put time and effort into it and set it up to where you're pulling the players from the Sword Coast or whatever... And they have to go and find out what's going on. It's strangers in a strange land. They're out of their element. There's mm -hmm. all of this weird stuff, this new culture that you can throw at these people, at, at, at your players. And it's all just out of their element and, and kind of kind of neat like that. Okay. I think as well. I could see that. And then for Curse of Strahd, it's Strahd. Yeah. 
how how can you not have Strahd somewhere in your top three? It's just such a classic, iconic concept. Mm-hmm. The the fact that the scope of the campaign is based on the, a, a Taroka reading. Yeah. So therefore, there's replayability factored into the hardback already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you can take out certain elements of the hardback and run them, run them as special events like Death House, like Death House, or even what was it that John ran not too long ago? Uh, with one night at Strahd. Yeah, yeah, one, one night at Strahd or Strahd yeah. must die or something like that. Strahd, yeah, yeah, Strahd must die tonight. Whatever, yeah. whatever but it's called. All these different yeah. aspects to it. Those one two of those. are a solid. Yeah, those two are a solid tie for now third place. Just in case, just in case we have to, you know, split hairs for the winner. If you have to pick one, gut feeling. Gut feeling, Strahd. Okay, great. Because man, you, 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 Death House is so much fun. Mm, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that Death House is what pushes it over. But right, yeah. I, I, I like your choices. Um, okay, I have a question for you before I do my number three. Right on. Compilation books. Do I have to pick one of the things, or do I get to count the entire compilation? You you can count the entire compilation because we did say hardback adventures. Okay. Okay. Um, great. So yeah, and and like you said, you don't have to like all of it. Right. So. So I am going to go with kind of a similar pitch that you just did for my number three. I'm going to pick Storm King's Thunder at number three. Okay. Oh. Okay. It definitely has its flaws. Basically, the middle. But the beginning is really solid, and there's a lot of variety to be had with the end. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, you know, results may vary in that middle piece, but but I think that, like, they've got the really great beginning. That feels amazing, especially if you go th- to certain towns. And then you wrap it up with a great fight and with, you know, going and raiding different giant strongholds. And I just love the classic fantasy adventure aspect of it. Like... Many, many of the hardcovers in this iteration of D&D want to do the bizarre location or the kind of out-there pitch. Storm King Thunder is comfy, keeping it classic. Yeah, yeah. I think that a couple of things kind of put it over the top in my mind as far as like, I love Nightstown. I love that intro chapter. Yes. It's so good. It's so clean. It puts you right into a mystery, which I love, right into danger, which I love. You don't start in tavern. You start in the thick of things, and I, mm-hmm. I think that that's a great choice. So I, I think I think that's A, and then B, Tribor is a really good follow-up mm-hmm. to that. Defending okay. the town, you it allows you to, I think it's that idea that Colville talks about, like you start small and you just expand your radius. Right. Yep. I think that's the perfect little growth where you move out just a little bit out of Nightstone where there's just a few people to meet into Tribor, which is this like almost Western town. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it's at a crossroads, it's at an intersection. There's so much that can happen and go on there. And then from there, you got to pick a destination and it gets crazy, but, but uh, then it comes right back around with some really great eye of the all father, all of those, that stuff. It's just a good adventure. Harsh nag. Harsh nag. Yep. Harsh nag. Um, uh, um, the flying tower. 
Zephyros's tower. Yes, yes. I, don't lynch me, but to me, the the worst part about Nightstone mm-hmm. are the players. Oh, because players do what players do. You put them in yeah. Nightstone. It's a really cool adventure. They want to kill everything. Yeah, and they there's some really neat interactions that can be had if you just let the goblins live. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. We don't have to get to. Uh, I like this. I like this adventure. Um, I do too. Uh, okay, so you ask me a question. I can ask you a question. Yes. Of the three starting cities after Nightstone, which did you run, and do you regret it? Should you have picked a different city to run? I prepped all three when I ran this, and we ran Tribor, and I was very happy about that. I don't regret it whatsoever. I don't know that the others are bad by any means. I think you can really have some fun. But Tribor is so... It's 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 this little fantasy town. And that's what people like. Like, they like the shops and they like the NPCs. And it's got interesting things. I don't know. It just, it works for me on a lot of levels. Nope. No regrets. Tribor okay. all the way. I have even been on record. Uh, I'm in a Storm King's Thunder Facebook group. I am on the record when people post in that group and ask which one they should take their players to or steer them towards. Mm-hmm. I say Tribor. I've probably said it half a dozen times. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I am a Golden Fields guy. Oh. Again, something I say every day. Troy, the, he's a Golden Fields guy. I, I'm a Golden Fields guy. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I think... <laughs> I mean... just That's I mean, on your... Uh, I got... That guy just look at me. He's, I'm a Goldfields. I'm, I'm a Goldfields guy. It's on your grinder profile. It. <laughs> okay, that's getting edited out. <laughs> um, I'll have to maybe I have to doctor that and put it as uh, John's opening. Uh, uh, I think for me, what sold it for Goldfields mm-hmm. were the. Uh, the NPCs, and in particular, Liferloss and all of the stuff that came from those quests and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and the cool... Is, is it okay to do spoilers? I mean... I think it's, so. It's been out for a while. Yeah. The, the Goblin Huckers. Mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. have... I had to have Goblin Huckers as something for them to fight and encounter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I made the terrain. I made the walls. Mm-hmm. And I put the the ogres and stuff out with the with the goblin hucker apparatuses apparati, and throwing the goblins in, and mm-hmm. me making attack rolls to see how well they aimed the goblins was mm-hmm. so much fun. <laughs> they oh would yeah! Just slam into the wall. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Okay, great. So we both have fond memories of Storm Kings. Feel like that means that it it. It's, it has a rightful place. Girk, Girk, no, not goblin hookers. Goblin huckers. Yes. It's like throwers. Yeah. Like when you huck something. Yeah, like you huck, hucked them into the wood chipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big ogre that has like a catapult thing yeah. strapped to it, and it. Yeah. I think, if I remember right. I mean, you're you're talking about a fun Saturday night. I'm yeah. talking about storming a castle. I mean, yeah. let's just both fun Saturday night. Both fun, well, that's that's fair. 
That's fair. One you can, different. One you can do with a group, and one is more fun with a group. <laughs> I heard what I heard. <laughs> Alrighty. Cool. What's your number two? Oh, number two. I think I'm going to have to go, and only because I really haven't read a whole lot or ran anything out of it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why Candle Keep's not making the list for me yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Tales of the Yarning Portal. Ooh. All right. I'm I'm down. I hear you. Yeah. Now, tell me why. How, I mean, all those classic adventures from first edition on that got packed into that book, mm-hmm. updated to fifth edition. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you just drop them in wherever you want. I now I will say I, I did make the mistake and did uh, Lost Shrine of Tomoachan mm-hmm. during my run of Storm King's Thunder. And even though in game time they only spent like three days in the Lost Shrine, it took us six months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So what was supposed to be just like a little side thing? added six months to the whole run of the adventure but it was still fun I it's a lot of fun yeah had a lot of fun and i mean and that's just one of them the sunless citadel tomb of horrors all those all those adventures in there you just even if you're not going to run them as complete mm-hmm. there's so much in there to pull from and steal from and modify and all that stuff it's just it's a gold mine i love it fascinating I think we're going to talk about that more later, so I'm going to put a pin in that. My number two is going to be a bizarre one. I'm going to say... I, the, how many times have I said that about you? Your number two is yeah, pretty is bizarre. A bizarre one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick The Lost Laboratory of the Koalish. Oh, that's a, that, I didn't realize that was a viable... Okay. Well, I mean, it's a published adventure. It's not a L. Um, it's an extra life adventure, right? Okay. Okay. So, I would now. Now, if it doesn't count, no, no, no. I, can, I just okay. I'm I'm happy to switch. I was I was it, thinking I was thinking that the requirements was it has to be a physical, oh, a physical published product. Well, I definitely would have been fine with that, but since we're halfway in, let's go with it. Let's let's it, not it, upset it, it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't change any of my picks okay, good, anyway. Great. So yeah, we're good. Great. Okay, well, let me tell you, I think that this is a really, really solid adventure that not very many people run. Okay. It takes you back to Cholt, we've already talked about. Or, let me rephrase that. In my adventure, it took you to Cholt. I think it's actually the Barrier Peaks, but aren't the Barrier Peaks in Greyhawk? I don't help. Yes, but... Yeah. I mean, most of the adventures from Tales of the Yawning Portal were also... Yeah. And, and pretty much everything in Saltmarsh was supposed... It was originally set in Greyhawk, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. It's... what Okay, so things that I like about it. First and foremost, it's, it's short and sweet, but packs a punch. You can run the full thing in probably six sessions or less, but you can run condensed versions of it all the way down to one session. I don't recommend the one session, but like two to three sessions, you can have a great time. 
five to six is amazing. It's okay. low enough level. I think it's a, like a tier two, if I recall correctly, having ran it. Yeah, suitable for five to ten level. Tier two, which is a sweet spot, it's self-contained, right? Okay. It, 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 it isn't worried about tying into other things. It's got a great villain, and it's got a great location being this isolated... We're doing spoilers. So it's like a ship, the uh, Qualish's ship that was like embedded in the barrier peaks, uh-huh. tried to rip itself up and fly off. And it pulled up a chunk of the earth with it. And it's not, it can't go any higher. So it's just hovering there in the middle of the barrier peaks. And this bone devil has created a cult that live inside the quote-unquote spaceship that is actually now his monastery. Oh, okay. And figuring out, this is a little precursor to our talk uh, uh, on Van Richten's for later, but figuring out that you're in the middle of this weird cult and that the uh, Grandmaster isn't who you think he is, and exactly what all is going on there is a great mystery, and it's mm. it, it pays off at the end with a great villain. So, okay, I can dig that. I like the I like the weird stuff. That's cool. And yeah. I mean, I like the fact that it, it you know is a touch point to the the history of D anD D with Qualish. Yeah, yeah, I dig that. Yeah, so that's mine. I'll stand by that one. Let's uh, let's talk. All right, Troy, this is your number one. My number one. It would have to be The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it. It, it would just, I mean, it's, it does need a little bit of work here and there. There's, I mean, it's, it's what, it was the very first thing that popped out for 5th edition, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. starter set. It, yeah. I mean, but it's well-written. Yep. It's classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid ideas, solid NPCs, solid encounters for the most part. Some a little deadlier than other others at uh, mm-hmm. low levels, but it's perfect for a, a group that has never played before. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for a group that has played every edition before. Mm-hmm. There's something in there for everyone, and quite honestly, if you had the Monster Manual, the Player's Handbook. The Dungeon Master's Guide, mm-hmm. and their starter set, mm-hmm. and that's all you ever bought for 5th right. edition, you would be absolutely 100% set. Yep. The the Lost Minds of Fandelver give you a base to build mm-hmm. off of and expand out from, and you could play for years just mm. from that. Mm. I completely agree. It, it should have made my list. That's it, it was definitely in the running. And if I had taken more than 15 seconds to make my list, it probably would have found its way out to <laughs> Right on. I ran this on a road trip, on a 10-hour road trip from a convention for two people in the car. I ran it from my iPhone. While driving? 
No. Oh, yeah, okay. that would have been awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I pulled it up on my iPhone. I had the whole adventure on there, the D&D Beyond app, and I ran the whole thing for two people. One of them was driving. The other person was in the backseat and rolled all of our dice. Nice. And we played the whole thing. Ten hours. Ten. I, we, we had to condense certain pieces. Oh, we weren't going to do a dungeon crawl as a dungeon crawl in in a in that time, right? Wave oh, Echo yeah. Cave wasn't Wave Echo Cave probably as you recall it. Mm-hmm. But it was like I had no voice at the end. It was exhausting because we we had a time limit, right? Like, got to get it done in ten hours. So, go 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 go. But very cool. That yeah. that would be that would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, that'd be kind of a neat uh, event to do. A weekend in Fandelver. Yeah. And just like if you had a, if you had a cool game store that would let you, you know, start like. Friday after yeah. work and play until it's done, whether it, you know, maybe like something that raises money for charity or whatnot. Yeah. And just play it all weekend long until you get through it. There's a good EXP track for Dave at a con. Four slots of four hours each. 16 hours, I think you could get. Oh, you I think could. you could get a good run of Fandelver and. Yep. Yeah. This might be something we need to pitch. That's right. Death House, Fandelver, something else, right? We yep. just run. I would probably run. Um, well, we'll save this. Okay, so if, are, are we good with uh, Fandelver mm-hmm. as as that? Okay, mine is going to be Tales from the Omniport. Okay, number one. If if I had to pick one adventure, it's probably going to fall lower, right? Yeah. It, it it's pro- probably still would have stayed on my list, but if I get all of them, it's number one. Hmm. Okay. What's the uh... What's the crowning jewel out of I think, that book? I think White Plume for me. It's a good palate cleanser. Mm. If you're in the middle or at the end of a heavy campaign or long drawn out campaign, White Plume has the audacity to have the sensibilities of an older edition where things don't have to make sense and it can be a, just a fun house experience. Without overcomplicating things, right on. So I love that one. I also really like. I haven't ran all of them. I've ran several of them, but I also really like Forge of Fury, as like a very again comes down to that Storm King's Thunder classic experience. Yep. Dragon at the end, basically, right? Like orcs in the beginning. Like it's just it gives you this. Really beautiful contained experience. Yeah, it's, I love it's, it. It's got dungeons, it's got dragons, it's yep. got every, everything I, you want. I think Forge of Fury was the first official adventure that I ran for five e. Oh, okay. I think is the first official one. So, um, it, it, I'm I'm very fond of it. I am so fond of Yawning Portal that there was a call a while back. It's probably been a year or so now. Um, when the sidekick rules came out for Ascension, for the Essentials kit, mm-hmm. there was a call in the DMs Guild for folks to write sidekicks themed for different adventures so that if you only had two people, you could still run this adventure with sidekicks, right? Right. And themed. And I jumped on the chance to make the sidekicks for Tales from the Omni Portal because I just love the flavor and the variety and... Even though it was, you know, everybody else was making three sidekicks for one adventure, and I had to make 
or or oversee the making of three sidekicks for seven adventures. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, did uh, you just pick one set? But that nope. That, that's nope. Nor did we make them just for the level range of that particular adventure. We made all of them scalable sidekicks for the full level range. Nice. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. But I, it's just a great like. I think we, I think it's it has to be our winner of tonight. It's on both of our lists mm-hmm. as far as tales, uh, as far as adventures go. I think tales takes the cake, takes home the prize, and I think we've already said it's because it has the variety. But even within the variety, you're not losing quality. Not right? at all. Not at all. They, yeah. If if you had any issues with the original adventures themselves, they they poured it over. I mean, yep. it's it. Those issues are probably still there in the fifth yep. edition version. But to me, that's what makes it great. I mean, they're just—they're all solid. They—they—they're yep. just good adventures, well written. Yep. 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 Love them. Yeah. I don't—I don't know that there's really anything. I don't know that there's anything in Tales that I would, you know, ruffle my feathers about. Doom Vault. I think there's an yeah. argument that that's rough because it's, it's a so grind. big. It's just a grind. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna get that with any mm-hmm. adventure that has a map. A dungeon crawl for five years. Yeah, yeah, that, that spans you know as big as that mm-hmm. thing is. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not saying I'm not bad mounting it. I just think that like if you're gonna get queasy about one, it's probably that one. And and all you need to do there is just read through it and go, okay, I'm gonna cut this entire quadrant out <laughs> or just just cave in here. Yeah, cave, cave in, in here. Yep. Done. And you're, and you're good. You're, it's solid. <laughs> no railroading necessary. Just cave in. Yep. Now, all right. So, congratulations. Tales from the Awning Portal. We're going to send you your reward, your award, and put you in the Hall of Fame. Yes. As we're as we're rounding out, I think this was pretty... I think we did a good job for, for I think so too. two minutes in. Yeah. I, are there any... Without without diving fully into them, what are the ones that didn't make your cut but should, but are right there? Like, what are other ones that you think are actually pretty decent? All, I mean, Lost Minds of Foundelver and Curse of Strahd, the two that you brought up, were are I consider to be excellent. I would. I mean, I ran Storm Kings, loved mm-hmm. it. It was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that uh, where you're just bebopping all over the Sword Coast got mm-hmm. a little yeah ridiculous. So I love that. Dragon Heist, I think, is yep. is a solid. Safe for the ending, I think. Absolutely right. That's why I couldn't really play into it, but yeah. And again, if you're playing it at home, yeah, it's all yeah. good. Exactly. I love the pitch of Avernus, and I love the content of the book. I just don't think, like, when I really thought about it as an adventure, I didn't think that I could put it on the list. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I I maybe would have said, well, no, I was gonna say Ghosts of Saltmarsh, but there are some adventures in there that are rough. And my my, I have a, a beef with Ghosts of Saltmarsh mm-hmm. because none of the adventures are like on the ocean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's it, like, it's, hey, we've got ocean rules, we or water it's coastal, rules, and yeah. and yeah, it's like, okay, great, we're gonna yeah. be pirates and stuff. Nope. It's all, yeah. everything's land-based. You just got to get there. It's like, oh, yep. okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I will say it, it didn't make my top three. I haven't run it. I've I played it. And that was the uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen in Rise of Tiamat. I mean, mm. that we, that was the first 5e yeah. campaign that I played in. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that it was heavily modified by the DM. But the DM, had he had a gift for picking aspects mm. that were throwaways. Mm-hmm. And he breathed life into them. Mm. And those, like the NPCs, mm-hmm. were just a blast. And it sounds strange, but I mean, those of you listening to the podcast, I'm sure you you could understand exactly what I'm talking about. Those, you know, those common people, the the the, the civilians mm-hmm. of the world, would probably have no understanding of this. But you felt like by the end of that campaign. The, the NPC some of the NPCs that you met along the way, especially in that that long forty day mm-hmm. trek, mm-hmm. they were your friends, and yeah, you friends cared yeah. what happened to them, whether it was your character carrying or you carrying as you left the table that day, hmm. and so that the those two adventures put together into one has a special place of honor in my vault. Mm-hmm. So they don't, it doesn't make it on the list because there are issues with the adventures themselves, mm-hmm. but it has a special place that, uh, is kind of going to be, you know, up there with a nice light shining on it. And every adventure that we didn't bring up tonight has no redeemable qualities and you should just trash your book. <laughs> Ouch. No, yeah. not true. That's not true. Not sure. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that was a great episode. I enjoyed that. that a, now, before before we go though, before yeah. we okay. before we okay. before we get going, Girk is expressing that Ryan of the Frostbaden should have made the list. It's it is by far, I think, our favorite one to complain about right now. Mm-hmm. So that I guess that's a mm-hmm. that's a thing, I suppose. And sometimes there's a case to be made why we talked about favorite adventure published right and not favorite one so if if we asked because because we all have those stories of adventures al adventures hardcovers whatever that we didn't expect to be the best or great Mm -hmm. but we and we made lemons out of (laughs) i was gonna say lemons out of lemonade but that's that's impossible so (laughs) maybe yeah could be an alchemist yeah Joe's saying, uh, but no, okay. Joe's saying Strahd, Fandelver, and Saltmarsh. Str- I'm, I'm assuming Strahd at number one and Saltmarsh at number three. Mm-hmm. I I played through about half of Saltmarsh, and I agree with you, Troy, that there's some really great stuff in there, and there's some really rough stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, yes, number one, Strahd. Yeah, perfect. Yep. perfect, perfect. I can get behind that. Anybody that says Strahd is the best. Is is not wrong. Fandelver is great. Uh, Gurk is saying Fandelver is great. Running Tomb of Annihilation at the moment. That's fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, yeah Joe, a nice callback. Saltmarsh was the first adventure he DM'd for first for, for first edition. When we talked about it, didn't we talk about how Saltmarsh is one of the first one e adventures that had any element of role play in it at all? 
that it wasn't just go kill the thing, come back. Like th- there was actually a story to be had, and it wasn't just a dungeon crawl. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, it had a oh. plot that actually made sense and and pushed the story forward. Yeah. Yeah. Plot's the a better word than role play, probably just Yeah, is it. is it not crazy to think about all the iterations of D D, all the companies that had had hands in, that how it started was nonsensical rooms in a nonsensical dungeon. You got a vampire over here in this room. You've got a family of kobolds in this room, and only ten feet of hallway separates the two. Yes. <laughs> and it, yes. it it went from kick in the door, fight the monster, grab the loot. Next. Yeah. To, I mean, for for God's sakes, we watch this stuff streaming. Yeah. For some of us, have sat for a seven-hour episode. Mhm. Mhm. Never would have thought. Never never saw this coming not in a million yeah. years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Salt Marsh has a special place in my heart in this edition because it has my favorite monster in it, which is the scum. <laughs> I really like the scum. The water trolls? No, is they're they're like the, no, they're like the um aberration things that the aboliths make that are kind of oh, like Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of like their slaved, mind-breaking servants. I love them a lot. Yes, victims. Scum. Uh, scum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, hey, that was great. Thanks for the input there, folks. I think I think if we were to include everybody else's thoughts, I think that maybe I could agree that Strahd is the best, which I think is the larger consensus as a whole if we were going to collect from the general oh i'm sure i'm sure yeah yeah but that was a lot of fun if we missed one or if you want to tell us why one of the ones we chose is was, was off yep was hot garbage you can do so by hopping on over to facebook and shooting us a message i would encourage you to also make up your own list for what you think john would have put on here and send us that and and we'll post it perhaps as the official John Christian favorite three modules. Um, if anybody campaign. gets it right, if anybody gets it right, yeah, we'll send you something. We'll send you something. Yeah, yeah. Our first mm-hmm. contest. Yes, yes. If you get it right, I will send you something off the shelf. <laughs> off the shelf. Off the shelf. Cool. Yeah, go like us on Facebook and go send us messages and tell us what you thought. Or get, post them on to our page like yeah. where everyone can see. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody in chat. Thanks to Troy for hanging yeah, out. That was fun. Uh, I Especially think, with a 15-second uh, lead-in. That was great. I think for us, yeah, 15-second lead-in. Uh, it was great. Next week, we are – next episode, somewhere that we record – is going to be Van Repton, and we're going to finish it out. Because we we save the best for last, so it's going to be a good one once we get in there. But until then, have a good game, everybody. And until next week, we'll see you next time. That's my line. Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior. Huzzah. Well, what was that? Lolly Lolly-hoo. <laughs> <laughs>
whatever it was. Anyway, fire Molly Ho. Molly Ho. Molly. Molly. Hey. Okay, we'll see y'all. <laughs>